The 2022-2023 Cleveland Cavaliers are next up on our draft season, NBA season preview for our teams. This is a team that has been um, in the headlines this, this offseason, obviously with the acquisition of Donovan Mitchell from the Jazz. Ricky Rubio is back. Um, Robin Lopez, a very sneaky pickup for them also on this team. Still in the league. Shout out to, shout to him. Still, yeah. Collecting checks, boxing out, rebound. That's what he does. Raul Neto, um, some some good third point guard uh, depth there. RJ Nemhard was resigning, and Isaiah Mobley, brother of Evan Mobley, drafted to this team. Um, Colin Sexton Sometimes obviously Isaiah left Mobley that game. That, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think, that, that wasn't just like a pure right. nepotism pick. It wasn't just a pure nepotism pick. Like Isaiah could play. Isaiah could play. Like that was obvious if you watch those. You know, the um, team that he was on before, like real mobile, skilled, big man, you know, good rebounder, not a bad defender. Like he, he could definitely play. Yeah. I mean, it, it'll probably he'll probably find a little little resistance and cracking this rotation currently. But I mean, as a, as a long term yeah. project, yeah, he, he should he should be fine. Sexton gone in that trade to D, with D Mitch, Laurie Marketing also gone. Ochai was drafted and traded. Um and Moses Brown signed with the Clippers. So um, you know, just on paper right now, um, the addition of Donovan Mitchell to this team uh, makes them a very scary team. Um, some would say a real threat in this this new stacked and loaded Eastern Conference. Um, capitalizing off of the the kind of the out of nowhere success they had last year. If this team is healthy, Sean, I think um. This is a team that no one's really going to want to play. Um, and I, I guess what what is your take on on some of the depth that they have, the new the new pieces, and and kind of the ceiling for a team like this? It was it was legit a tale of two seasons for the Cavs last year. Obviously, they got a, they were one of the best stories last year. We talk about being in the there. There's just something to putting a good product on the court when it comes to the NBA. You don't want to. You know, you have these teams who you don't want to be a seller dweller and in the lottery. You know, the, the post LeBron era definitely um, was not pretty. And, you know, they struggled. It, it's funny because you talk about, like, even just like, you know, rewinding back for a second. I think in the past couple of years, they've done a pretty good job of drafting. Obviously, um, you know, Evan Mobley at, uh, what did he go? Three last year, I believe. Um, Evan Mobley at three, you know, kind of just gold. Um, falling into your lap we we um we're definitely gonna talk more about evan mobley in the future we spoke about how like i feel like a lot of the public was high on evan mobley last year and like somehow after watching his rookie season feel like we still weren't high enough on evan mobley going into what he did last year but yeah the Cavs, um what they did especially going back to just the lebron era you know like i said they've drafted pretty well this year i mean these last couple of years but it's just crazy because, like, if you if the organization was as good as it, it has been over the past couple of years of just acquiring talent, um, shout out to Kobe Altman, obviously president of basketball operations, GM over there right now, and he's done a pretty good job of, of drafting talent. Sexton's year last, I mean, pardon me, Darius Garland's year last year, just the improvement that he made on you know getting into his potential and you know just becoming one of you know just the most dynamic point guards in the league one of my for, for sure one of my favorite uh you know players to watch in the league for what he was able to do you know plus range um really able to um you know stretch defenses out pulling up from deep uh you know really you know crafty in his game and i think even his passing ability took a huge jump last year especially on um, the chemistry he had with jared allen last year was incredible so i mean just to throw it back to you at least just in terms of the package 
and or just like talking a little bit about the fit because this team is obviously on the up and up. The East is going to be incredibly hard, as we've said on a couple of these other draft uh, preview team previews this season. But how how are you feeling about? Obviously, you know, as you know, we follow the Knicks very closely, and there was all of the hubba about Donovan Mitchell possibly going to. Um, New York, and he obviously ends up on the Cavs. But just in general, striking while the iron is hot, how do you feel about just the Garland and and uh, Donovan Mitchell fit together? I mean, defensively, um, you know, I think that was kind of the issue with most places they were talking about Donovan Mitchell being traded to. Um, you know, how would those backcourts fare defensively because – um, I don't know if anyone has noticed, but Donovan Mitchell's defense um, since leaving Louisville has 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 kind of you know gone the other way. As uh, I would say like he played defense was, like those first couple years. I, I, yeah, but it, it was it's a steady decline from his trapping days in, at Louisville. He was, is what I was saying. Yeah, he was he was a he was a, like that's how he was getting on the court defensively, and I would yeah. definitely I would definitely agree with that. It has been a decline. You know, and and part part of it, um, you know, could be offensive low. You know, it's it's hard to ask guys to, you know, be a, you know, twenty five point per game scorer, whoever Donovan's been these past couple of years, and exert sure. all the energy on offense and still be, you know, plus defense. I I I, th- I talk about this a lot, Raz, especially with Donovan Mitchell, in particular, because I feel like he has. A lot of high flying moments, and he's he, he's one of the best, you know, one foot leapers in the league. The bounce that he has is insane. You probably think he's bigger than he actually is. He has a very long wingspan, but like even taking a look at some of the media day pictures, like he's the same height as Darius Garland, and Darius Garland is like yeah. like six one. So I think people think Donovan is a little taller than he is, and we talk about the you know defensive issues that they had in utah and yeah he's probably limited as a defender just due to pure size and if he isn't exerting his full energy on that side yeah it can it can get ugly yeah i mean but i mean offensively (laughs) you look at the potential of that of that backcourt and you know darius garland is someone who you know has blossomed and bloomed um you know before some of the casuals eyes uh last season i mean obviously he didn't play a lot in college, so it was hard to to kind of gauge him there. But you know that high school tape and who he was coming into college, we knew he was he was one of those guys. And you know, just being put in the system in Cleveland, and you know, obviously, you know, we all wanted the the Sexlin backcourt to to kind of really be a thing. But you know, uh, Colin Sexton getting hurt last year. Um, fortunately and unfortunately for obviously for him, unfortunately he was hurt. But fortunately for for Colin, uh, for what's his name, Darius Garland, you know, he was able to to capitalize on free reign in kind of that backcourt. So we were able to see the best of Darius Garland, um, you know, last year and what he can be. But, you know, pairing that level of scoring with somebody like Donovan Mitchell um, is, is going to be just incredible for that team. And I think this team with the anchors behind them, obviously Jared Allen, um, you know, Evan Mobley, now you have Robin Lopez. Who who else is on, on the front line of that team? Um Kevin Love. I mean still out here. Kevin, yeah, yeah, Kevin Love is, is still there. You know, Okoro's gonna help on the on the defensive end from, from a wing perspective. And, and I do think think they're gonna be trying to get Dean Wade <laughs> some uh some minutes in there somewhere as well. This team you just signed the extension. 
yeah, this team has the defense behind that 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 uh, one two combo that could kind of help shore up some of those defensive lapses. Yeah, so I mean, talking about this team in general, because obviously, like I said earlier, tale of tale of two seasons for them. They're thirty five and twenty three uh, pre All Star break, around a time that Jared Allen got hurt, and the season completely kind of went off the deep end last year. But even though, like, I think they obviously flamed out, lost that playing game against the Hawks. I think they who was the second playing game against? I forget who they played that second one off the top of my head. But yeah, obviously they missed. They ended up missing the playoffs, but. Wasn't when it the it Nets? To, one of those. Yeah, it might have been the Nets. Was it the Nets and then the Hawks in the second playing game? Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, just, just in terms of when you have a young team like that, you just want to see signs from all of your young players. And especially at the young core. So you 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 still have to look at that season as such a success. And when it comes to finding the pieces, that team was so good that they probably weren't going to end up in the top half of the lottery anytime soon within the next couple of years, even if they didn't go all in on a Donovan Mitchell. So when you're in that, when you're in a position like that, this, especially a trade like the Donovan Mitchell trade, it's a full bet on a guy like Evan Mobley. So, I mean, getting, getting into Evan Mobley, at least, like what did you make of his rookie season and like how talking about the upside that he possesses, what do you see for him as he, as he gets to year two and, um, you know, further in these next couple of years. Because obviously I think the, the big elephant in the room for this team is Donovan Mitchell was signed uh, through 2025. Now, just in terms of the uh, the picks that they gave up, it was three first-round picks going to Utah. Those are going to be in 2025, like I said, the year that Donovan Mitchell's current um, ex- um, contract expires, 2027 and 2029. So these picks, you know, it's interesting because obviously – it, there's no guarantee Donovan Mitchell is going to resign in a couple of years. So this team ha- has a core that they obviously are not to say that it's, you know, championship championship or bust for them right now, but in terms of the next few years, they're going to have to show improve a lot just to get Donovan Mitchell to re up because you got a guy like Donovan Mitchell, you know, later guy. So it's just like, he's closer to his peak right now. I think he just turned 25. So he's getting into, um, you know, the best years of his career. You know, yep. remains to be seen what he's going to value. It sounds like he did really want to play in a big market such as New York, maybe Miami. So when he finally does reach free agency, it's going to be a point to where it's going to be the first, what, eight years of his career spent in Utah and Cleveland. So once he finally has, you know, the free reign and the power in front of his own career to make a decision for him, it's going to, we're going to find out exactly what he's going to value. Does he want to stay in a small market like Cleveland? Is that going to be the best situation for him? Or is he going to go, you know, the greener pastures that he seems elsewhere? So, but going back to the Evan Mobley, because like I did say, this is an all-in bet on Evan Mobley. And, like, Evan Mobley was incredible last year. Just to talk about him, because just watching him and, you know, say even for some of the other projects we have working on, going back and watching what he did last season, the type of one of the most frustrating things for Biggs just talk about discipline, not fouling a lot, being able to to guard your position without getting those ticky-tack fouls and staying on the court. He was, when we talk about being advanced and wise, uh, way beyond his age as a defender. He's one of those guys that's really able to stay on the court. His, you know, anticipation and just defensive IQ is extremely high for somebody who's coming into the season as a 20-year-old. So we talk about Evan Mobley, and the sky is literally the limit for him. But what did you make of his rookie season, and what do you 
Like, I think he's obviously because yo, this team has three all stars and Evan Mobley. Play. <laughs> Evan Mobley isn't even the he's not even the like obviously he's a core piece and he's the most important piece of this team's future. But when you have a situation like that, you know, even looking at the Knicks going all in for Donovan Mitchell, the you know, the, um, the tertiary pieces of this team and the and the complementary pieces. You know, they're still looking for those extreme building blocks. And like you could probably say you have a Garland. I think Garland is definitely, you know, just for he he has somebody who has upside to be a top 10 point guard in the league at his peak. And he's probably damn near if he's not there already, he's, you know, going to get there uh, very, very soon. And he was definitely um, deserved that all star last year. And I think he had all NBA. You know, he didn't make the all NBA team last year, but he was definitely it's just due to the point guard position being extremely loaded. But he had an all NBA offensive season last year. So. What did you just making of that next step for Evan Mobley and how it could unlock, you know, the upside for this half team? I mean, Evan Mobley is <laughs> he his rookie year surpassed, you know, um, most people's projections. Uh, he he fit in right away. He looked like he belonged. I know at first people were worried about kind of some of the strength issues would 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 get, be a problem for him. Um, he combated those as as best as anyone I've seen in a while. Um, you know, I think when you look into it, Evan Mobley is the type of player going forward for this team that absolutely become a superstar without being like the best scorer or the number one scorer on the team. Like his impact on the yeah, that, like that's that's not even gonna like I'm saying he's going to be a superstar and he's gonna be the superstar that that it, it doesn't matter if he's getting 30 points a game. Like his impact on the game is going to be felt everywhere. Like he's gonna be, you know, hopefully he's gonna end up in like conversations for like defensive player of the year. Like I feel like he has has that ability. You know, he's put on a, a bit of weight. Um, they're saying out of training camp. So or as training camp begins. So you know, he he'll probably play some of that down. Um, the weight that's gained. But you know, he's he's gonna come into a more adult male body. Um, so he'll be stronger. Um, and this team is just going to have another year of, of continuity. I think he's, he's going to be able to take a big step. Um, obviously now with the addition of D Mitch, again, you're still not going to look for him to, to take on a much heavier scoring load, but as he, he's been working like on his face up game and things like that, like just the little additions to his game that he's going to make, in this current system and you know as they're currently situated it's going to make them almost like just an unguardable team with him because he he's obviously somebody who's going to have bigs on him and he's going to be able to to work bigs with a an increased offensive skill set and then obviously defense we saw him get switched on to fucking guards last year and and hold guards down on the perimeter so you know he he's legitimately guarding every position and i think you know Evan Mobley is 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 the going to be the best player on this team um, when it's all said and done. But, you know, as of right now, playing in the system, he still has the ability to be superstar impact. Yeah, and like you said, the offensive impact kind of is just secondary. Whatever you get from him is going to be, you know, gravy on top, cherry on top of just this team and what they're giving you. Especially last year, this team was 20th in offensive rating, so about the 20th best offense in the league. And they had the fifth best defense last year. And that's kind of with – you know, Jared Allen missing a, a huge chunk of, of that season. I'm sure if we, you know, cut up some of those numbers before his, his before his injury, it definitely was, um, you know, this is a team that has potential to possibly be, you know, the closer 20th is, it's going to be tough to see them, you know, get that low again. But I definitely think just, just um, the dyna, um, the dynamism that the backcourt is going to bring, 
there's going to be a lot of stuff, even weak side, pick and rolls. You're going to have, you know, Garland initiate on one side of the court. You're going to have spacing in the corner. I think even Kevin Love shooting is kind of going to be, you know, pretty important for this team. But I still do think Kevin Love is a guy who you can trust to get up threes at a high volume. So I think even his spacing and even though they're losing Laurie, you know, I think that's just the Laurie thing last season because Laurie, it's interesting how, you know, and we just talk about, you know, being a good organization and, and using assets, um, in a, in a good you know way because Laurie kind of was just you know sticking out there in free agency last year um, even after you know most teams didn't have any cap space yet and most of the major free agent signings were done and nobody wanted him and the captain said you know what he's a good player you know we're gonna go ahead and sign him and Laurie had a pretty damn good a pretty damn good last season last year on this team even and it, it comes down to you know just to, it speaks to the versatility of guys like Mobley. And you know Jared Allen and the versatility that they do possess um, to be able to both play, um, you know, drop and you know, hedge extremely hard on plays and even um, switch when you need to. So and it goes back to even Sexton. Sexton is another one. And I think about why like you you could speak about was it you know time to go all in on a trade like this? And I think the fit between like I said, I think the fit offensively between. Sexton, I mean, part of Rocky, I've done that twice now. Between Garland and, and Donovan Mitchell um, is going to be really damn good. But even um, just talking about we get to the actual uh, – I think we talk about the actual fit between two bigs in the front court because I think that it was heavily criticized, and it kind of didn't make sense before you actually saw them play together. But I think just the improvement that Jared Allen made, the main reason the Cavs played double big lineups – and get away with it offensively is because their bigs were both able to pass and make big reads. I think Jared Allen really improved on making those short roll reads, and Mobley's passing ability was definitely probably underrated coming into the league. If you watch the USC tape, they were running a lot of actions for him at the top of the key where he was the main focal point, and he was able to hit cutters, um, slashing. So these are two versatile big men offensively and defense, um, defensively. So it's a part of the reason why you know this team has – you know, just a really interesting upside. So, you know, just getting into some of the other, you know, just questions that we have for this team. I want to talk a little bit more about Donovan Mitchell Raz, because I know obviously we have some more content coming soon. Um, top players in the NBA list, but you know, they love you until they hate you. Donovan yep. Mitchell came into the league as you know, he was the non Ben Simmons, he was, you know, he was that guy, um, you know, small market, you know, star in Utah. And early, you know, the, the flower was um, really bloomed for a guy like Donovan Mitchell. But as he's come along, we've seen some of the, you know, just let's say the efficiency at times that can, you know, kind of avoid him. Sometimes he can be a streaky scorer. And like I said, I think yep. some, some of it just comes down to, you know, his size. And there are limitations, even though he's, you know, an insane athlete. But where are you at on, you know, Donovan Mitchell at least? I know even Knicks fans were like, you know, is he worth that package? And, you know, I think part of it, it's never as bad or the, as the criticism reaches, but where are you at just in terms of Donovan Mitchell in general um, and where he stands in the overall, you know, NBA pecking order of, of best players or even like guards? I mean, it's tough, right? When you, when you talk about trading, you know, mortgaging your, your quote unquote future for a player, you know, you would like to, to, to become, you know, like that's the next step. To, to contention if you're going to do that. Right. Um, but, you know, I think sometimes you have to make a deal to get your team over a certain hump. If it's not going to be that final hump, it still needs to be a certain hump. And I think, 
Donovan Mitchell would have got the Knicks there, right? And I think in terms of just the pantheon of where he is as a player, right? Like the NBA has more talented players than we've ever seen, um, you know, <laughs> before, right? So it's like, you know, Donovan Mitchell, 10 years ago, we might be talking about him as somebody, you know, somebody else. But, you know, you know, he's probably, you know, he's not a lot to make any NBA, all NBA teams, right? So that automatically puts him, what, out of the top 15 in theory, quote unquote. So it's like he's probably in that next batch of players, right, between, you know, I don't want to give away any content, right? But he's between, let's say he's just between 15 and 30. Now, do you do you think, you know, fifteen a player between fifteen and thirty, if best player in the league, is worth the package that you know what you call it? One Ainge wanted from the Knicks. It's tough. It, it 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 literally case by case. I think Donovan Mitchell is is a very good player. Um, you know, he's a volume shooter, and you know, we are in the time of analytics where. You know, we're 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 judging things with a lot of different stats and a lot of different metrics. And sometimes people are just not watching what's happening on, on the court. And I'm one of those play uh, those those not players, but one of those people that, you know, I do look into some of the advanced metrics, but sometimes it's hard to to turn away from an eye test, right? Like you can the data can only but do but so much. And Donovan Mitchell passes most of those eye tests, and he would have been electric in the garden, obviously. And I think he's going to bring that that final punch that Cleveland needs because at the end of the day he's a bucket and he's going to be 20 plus points per game but that offensive talent and defensive talent that he's around now in Cleveland elevates them like he has one job in in Cleveland and that's to score the ball so if we're just freeing him up to get buckets and the team can do everything else I mean it's totally worth the price for the Cavs Yeah, I, I gotta, I gotta agree with that when it comes to you know just Donovan in general. You know, is that worth basically two years of are those that package of giving it up? Possibly, what was it, three first round picks for two years of Donovan Mitchell? And some, you know, it's yep. a, it is, it is a lot because like I said, he has a player option for the 2026, 20, uh, 2025, 2026 season. So you know, it, it's it's. As long as he like, especially with the new TV contract, most likely he's going to opt out going into that yep. and, and get back into free agency for that year and get and get another max contract. So you know it's going to be really important for this team to win. So I mean, just getting into a little bit more of the secondary pieces on this team, you know, Isaac Okoro is another one of you know I think he's going to be a super important guy on this team. You know, just in terms of what he's going to do. He even coming out, somebody who went in the top 10 of that 2020 draft. He has, um, he's there wasn't a lot of you know star potential for him unless he just became a, a great shooter, which he really still hasn't shown. But he does a lot, really. He He's a great glue piece for this team. You know, he's going to be able, he has a size, strength, and athleticism, uh, plus a lot of good, just intangibles that he brings to the court. So he's going to be. Um, one of those Swiss Army knives that's going to be able to you put him in, you put him next to two guys like uh, Mitchell and uh, Garland, and you know his life is going to be a lot easier. And you know you're not going to be asking a lot for him now. You know I think if this team is really going to you know want to maximize what they're going to you know want to do, and whether that's and I think even for a team like Cleveland, 
like is it really champ? It's not really championship or bust for them, even though you know I think they might be happy with you know winning a playoff series or getting to the Eastern Conference Finals, especially um, you know just we talk about what happened in the post LeBron era. So like that might just be a great, you know, consolation for them, but this team's upside is still pretty high. And like I said, it probably does just go to what they're going to get from, you know, Evan Mobley in his next couple of years. So, I mean, when it comes to the rest of these teams, like what are you expecting out of guy like, like Karis, uh, Karis LeVert, who's still on the team. We have not mentioned him yet. You know, he's yep. probably going to be the sixth man for this guy. You have Teddy Osman. Um, as well. So, I mean, what do you expect, you know, or like, what do you think this team needs? I think even talking a little bit more about just lineup combinations, um, they also did bring back Rubio, like you did say earlier. You know, I think this team is going to really need, you know, Kevin Love to stay healthy. I think his shooting is going to be actually really important for this team. But um, yeah. what else do you see is just in terms of where they'll need to improve or weaknesses for this core? I mean, I think just for the they probably need a three and D as every play as every team in the NBA needs to to put around some of these high volume, um, you know, dribblers and shooters that they already have. I think if you're looking at this second unit, right, Ricky Rubio, if healthy, um, it's very hard to do better than that in a backup point guard um, in in the NBA. So you you have Ricky Rubio, Karis Levert is a bucket off the bench. Chetty has had his moments. Osman, um, he's he's definitely had his moments. I think he, you know, is going to be fighting for minutes there. Kevin Love is probably their sixth man to me. I think in terms of of minutes and with with Karis Levert, they'll 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 it'd be interchangeable there. But like you said, he's going to be very important. And then that that Jared Allen insurance that they have now with Robin Lopez. Obviously, Robin Lopez is no Jared Allen, but you know what you're going to get from him. And if he's, if he's forced to play some minutes, you know, he's very reliable in his role. He's, he's stuck in the league for a reason. Um, he, he's a great teammate and he, he helps teams. So, I mean, this team is pretty deep. Um, and we're not even talking about, you know, you know, Raul Neto and Lamar Stevens and Dean Wade, who are players that have gotten minutes, you know, for this team in, in the past and have played very, very well in those minutes. I think, you know, this team has a lot of options and a lot of, you know, lineup combos that they can go to. Um, again, as we, we've been talking about with all of these other recaps that we've been doing, you know, closing lineup. You know, what is this team's closing lineup? And, you know, obviously it's probably going to look like, you know, Garland, Mitchell, you know, Mobley's a lock, Allen's a lock. And that that small forward, you know, position you know, it could it could be Karis LeVert, right? Like, I think he's somebody who could close games with them. But, you know, depending on the matchup, could they go Evan Mobley at the five and, and put Love at the four to, to close out a game? You know, if they, they need a little bit more firepower offensively, like they have a lot of different options depending on matchup. And I think this is kind of the reason why they, they'll thrive this year. Um, you know, I think having, you know, Ricky Rubio as a backup point guard, you know, shores up a lot of ball handling and role responsibilities um, with a second unit. But, you know, I, I'm even eager to see if they'll break up some of the Garland and Mitchell minutes and have them run the teams by themselves. Yeah, that's definitely um, just, just talking about, like, yeah, I think even a guy like um, Dean Wade that you did mention, you know, just in terms of getting more shooting on the floor, I do think those non, cause yeah, Mobley and um, Jared Allen are going to spend a lot of time on the court together but it like you said it'll be interesting to see um the non-staggered lineups and how they work around that dean wade is a guy who um, definitely 
you know, offense plus, you know, a floor spacer, somebody who has the ability to get up a lot of, you know, shots and good volumes. Um, and he's not really a, you know, a plus defender, but he's big. I think he's listed at like 6'9", 6'10". So if you put him next to a guy like Jared Allen or even, you know, Sharon court, you know, there's going to be a lot of funky lineups on this team. And it's going to make yeah. for, you know, some interesting, you know, combinations i do think uh jb bickerstaff had a you know he had an incredible season just as a coach and i do think just in terms of his in-game x's and o's and flexibilities in terms of lineups he did a pretty damn good uh, a pretty damn good job of that last season of you know picking the right lineup combinations to play at the right time um particularly when they did have some you know injury depth and it was just crazy to think about like especially like they lost like so many of their point guards like it was like i forgot rondo was on his team <laughs> last year, you know, Rubio had got hurt, so it'll be interesting. I know, yeah. like a full season. Um, is Rondo not still on this team? Is Rondo not in jail? Like, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I don't think he is. I don't think anybody signed Rondo. You know, after those, um, after whatever those I moves. Think, I, it's, um, I think Rondo's still on the Cavs roster. Man, hold on. No, I think he's a, he's a free agent. He's a free agent. I'm looking at it right now. Um, yeah, he's still a free agent. Okay. So um, we're basically seeing some team probably is going to sign him, but you know I think Rondo's cooked anyway. But that's just me. Um, but you know somebody <laughs> will sign up. Somebody will sign up for the intangibles and you know yeah. just the you know the ornery vibes that Rondo brings with him to the locker room. But just to cap this off on our Cavs preview, plus three thousand are the title odds on DraftKings currently. And the over/under is forty-six and a half. They won forty-four games last year. Now I'll, I'll start on this one because I'm I'm banging this over. I think this team is going to be a really good regular season team. I think they have enough depth, especially when you get into the fact that like, I love Karis LeVert. He's one of the most heartwarming stories in the league. You know, he he. I think he passed the aesthetics test, um, the eye test of just like he's a hooper. You know, he has you know a great bag. He has a lot of you know, trick shots and, and, you know, great scoop finishes around the basket. So, you know, but I think just in terms of there's a, his overall game, when you get into some of the defense, you know, he's not a bad defender, but he's also not as good of a defender as you probably want for, you know, the amount of, um, for the time that he spends on the wing. And, you know, I've always wanted him, wanted him to be a better shooter that he's kind of still not. I think off the top of my head, I think he's around like a 33% shooter um, around that range. Um, for his career so but when you get him as you know your sixth seventh man you know you could probably put him into that six man of the year combination if, if he stays um you know competition as he stays healthy and he's able to get into that yeah he's uh 33 on four attempts per game as a shooter so you know you definitely want to see if he ever improves on that then we're talking about somebody obviously you know who can start on other teams but yeah 46 and a half wins rather i'm i'm taking over how about you so Vegas, like we know, very good at, at what they do. Um, I think the East is going to be very tough this year. I do think this is a top top five, top six team in the East, obviously. Um, I think wins are, wins are going to be tough even in, in, in that division a bit. So I think the number is very much spot on. I think they will hover around 46 to 48 wins this year. Um, so in in – in regards to our, uh, you know, our, our our agreement, we've been agreeing on everyone. I think I'm going to go with the under here because I really do think it's going to be 46 right on the dot. So I will I will mark our first disagreement today uh, on, um, with this series. 
with with the under on the Cavs. But right at 46, I don't think this is a bad team. And I think um, you'll be surprised to see how many good teams are, are in the East this year. I think they're going to win 50 wins on um, 50 games this year. You know, I think they have enough offensive firepower. If they, like, you kind of have to, unless you have just like a, a checkered, you know, health past, you know, it's, it's you kind of just have to expect everybody to stay healthy for even, or, you know, even, I think even a calm projection is even if like, as long as everybody plays like 65, 70 games, I think they have enough depth, you know, the shooting could be a little tricky on this team. I think I got like looking at this team, you know, it's going to be a lot. I think Donovan Mitchell is good enough getting downhill. And as Darius Garland, um, you know, as he has definitely just improved and turned into such a good passer and playmaker, you know, they're going to be a lot of, like I said, just funky combinations. And they're going to have to do a lot of stuff to where they're going to have to get, you know, other guys involved. But, yeah, the shooting could be a little tricky because I don't think there's a – if if anybody has a down year shooting – um, Okoro, you're still playing too big at the time. Evan Mobley, the shot is still, you know, hypothetical at this point. You know, I think teams are going to leave him open from three. If you space out Jared Allen, you know, I still, I still do think he's he has he has enough. You still have to um, account for him as a vertical lob threat. But you know, it could be it could get a little funky if you know you know Donovan Mitchell is prone to a bad shooting night here or there. So if teams are able to actually you know account for that or and get guys that you know you don't want shooting the ball on the calves to take a lot of the shots you know it could get a lot of funky there could be some nasty shooting nights but i still don't think even accounting for a really small backcourt one of the smallest backcourts in the league if not the smallest backcourt in the league off the top of my head you know they might just be like is it just how much better can this team be than or even i think just thinking about that portland backcourt with cj and dame because i do think there's going to be some similarities to what um, Garland and Mitchell can be together, but <laughs> that Portland team never had those dogs on the back line like Evan Mobley and you know um, Jared Allen. So I think that's definitely a different you know equation and it definitely changes the litmus test um, for this team. But yeah, that'll wrap us up for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Forty six and a half wins. Are you taking the over? Or are you taking the under? Hit us up. Um, drop a comment. Make sure you guys are subscribed to that draft season podcast. Um, about a month out from the NBA season, actually less than a month, about three and a half um, so weeks from the NBA season. We're going to be hitting you guys off the top with content every day. So make sure you guys are hitting that subscribe button and hit that notification bell so you guys do know when we are dropping new content on the page. It's going to be the Jazz Season Podcast, and we'll be back with some more content coming soon for you guys.